0: What's up, guys? Welcome to Fit Food Radio. This is episode 141, and it's me, Matt Whitmore, and Keris Marsden once again. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? What's been going on in Keris's world of late?
1: Gosh, uh, what's been going on? I feel like I've been working a lot. I've been lecturing a lot, not not a lot, a lot, not like I used to do a lot. (laughs) Uh, More than I have been doing, and I've been I did a talk for Stylist magazine. You did? You did. Except it was probably one of the hardest talks I've done in that it was at seven o'clock on a Sunday night. Yeah, I didn't... It was all, it was about didn't basically envy you there. celebrating sleep. It was called Restival, which is quite cool. That
0: is quite cool, actually.
1: Um, and they wanted me to do how in how nutrition impacts your sleep. But everyone was in pyjamas with a really nice, cosy like blanket as well nice. in the audience and I was just like
0: did anyone fall asleep
1: <laughs> they didn't actually it was very it, I, was, I was like I'm gonna to have to be extra dynamic I even considered doing like getting them to do star jumps halfway through but yeah it's one of the things where I never I never like presenting like later in the day anyway I'm yeah. much more of a mo- morning person yeah gotcha. I
0: mean that yeah god
1: but it was interesting because they wanted me to take when, when you get asked to do these things, a lot of all this information has already been covered. Like one of the, the most important things to do with your nutrition when it comes to sleep is look at blood sugar regulation, which is kind of, it's what you eat, how you eat, how you pair your meals together and how frequently mm-hmm. you eat, that type of stuff. So I did cover all of that, but they, they often want something a little bit more interesting. You know, yeah. we always say this, like, what's the sexiest stuff? So I was doing things like hormones and gut health as well, And then I did my usual thing of thinking, how on earth am I going to get all this covered in like 30 minutes? My answer is I just speak faster. (laughs) So I think they were like quickly flashing, like taking photos of the slides and stuff. So I got lovely feedback, which was nice. You did. But you know what? I find it it difficult speaking in in certain environments. And that was one I found really hard. Because when you go and do a food event, you know the people a lot more. Yeah. That we just kind of know our audience a little yeah, bit more. Course, yeah. We have more interaction. These with are my people. Yeah. <laughs> They're members. And and I think, and obviously now speaking to other nutritionists and lecturing and stuff, you've got to know that audience. So it's quite strange when someone asks me to come in and they have no idea who you are. Yeah. It's, I actually feel like um, immense pressure doing that. that. I'm not sure I like it. I think I go right back to as if it's my first presentation I've ever done.
0: But do you think, like, it's one of those things that if you did more, did it more often, you'd. you'd...
1: You get groove a bit more. Yeah, you probably would, wouldn't you? But it kind of inspired me to I've said to you there's there's, there's passion projects within me and one of them is to do some female only events maybe just about things like Strength training and yoga and and body confidence and uh, also to run some retreats and I came away from that and because it was a women only event so I should just mention that and it was all about that magazine in this day and age I know I know but they gender
0: mag- equality
1: but the stylist is a, is a women's magazine and and they're trying to promote kind of empowerment of women and strong women but not strong as in just you can do a push ups strong mindset, strong, you know, like resilience, all this type mm. of stuff. And there's something I've been thinking about because mine's been tested to the core for the last six months, unbelievably. And I've had to keep coming back to some some key values and and I had to be on a kind of personal journey. So I thought, well, oh, maybe I should do some events where I just teach this kind of stuff. And I'm, I'm, it's an ongoing journey for me. I'm not there, you know, but I just think I've learned a lot and I put a lot in place. I made a big difference to my health in six months that I could teach others. So watch this space. Uh, for, and, and Monday morning, I got onto venues and started having a look. But boy, does it take up a lot of time. <laughs> it does. It takes ages, doesn't it?
0: Everything takes time. This is the thing.
1: Like, you lose a day just looking at anyway.
0: It's quite exciting, though.
1: Yeah, it is exciting. It's a nice
0: thing to do. Because, <laughs> like, you, like, you'd be working in one room and I'd be in the other, and then you'd be like, oh, my God, Matt, look at this place. <laughs> the next thing you know, I'm I'm looking at venues. I'm like, I've got to be it. Yeah. <laughs> you've taken me from my work as well now
1: and i can't decide whether my routine that i would love to do i'm thinking like we get up early it's like a walk on the beach or maybe a jog and then it's like breakfast and it's yoga and i'm like but are people gonna be like oh, we just want to lie down like, mm. <laughs>
0: so but that's i'm figuring I, all that stuff I, out. I thought that concept that the stylists were doing like the, the restable thing was a really cool concept you know yeah they and, all
1: stayed over so yeah that was the whole part of the yeah. was after several talks on sleep and Ditching technology. I'd, I'd
0: sign up to something like that in a flash right now.
1: <laughs> snoring. Oh my God! Which actually, on the I mean, subject.
0: you you know me. I, I love being in my PJs anyway. Yeah, you do. So if I knew I could go to an event where I could be <laughs> in my PJs, you wouldn't
1: stay awake though. You fall asleep at like yeah. family do's, family talk. Terrible. Like my family will, is my family generally talking. But to be fair, even any evening where you can actually get a little bit horizontal, you fall asleep. So. Yeah. It's like in in company as well. And everyone's like, oh, are we we overstaying our welcome? Because Matt's asleep.
0: (laughs) It's no no
1: reflection. (laughs) (laughs) You hear the Darth Vader reading. On that subject, though, I've also started mouth taping at night.
0: Sounds dodge.
1: And look, I mean, I I have to say it's a passion killer, but we sleep in separate rooms anyway, so so it doesn't matter. matter. But I've started, after reading, I was reading Patrick McEwan's work and I've been watching... Some of his stuff, but also, Who, who's he? he wrote The Oxygen Advantage. It's all about breath work, <laughs>
0: yeah. actually,
1: at this event. Somebody said this to me breathing is so in right now. So- <laughs> I'm not lying. Breathing is the new thing. Turmeric was so 2019. So 2020 nice is, is all about the breathing. So nice. But year. it's funny because every time I get the weekend papers or something, you go through it and I'm like, oh, it's about breath classes and breath mm. coaching. And I think all yoga instructors, Qigong, tai chi whatever it must be just like rolling their eyes going i've been doing this for hundreds yeah. of years will you shut up
0: um, yeah, oh do you know what though like i'm a bit like i don't know i i i understand the concept obviously oh well breathing breathing no no <laughs> but i mean but, he, but being more conscious of your breathing I'm, I'm i'm completely pro all of that yeah but i do think like where do we start to draw, draw the line you know, like, oh, this is how you breathe. You have to breathe specifically like this yeah, in yeah. order to feel relaxed or whatever. And I just think, like,
1: I don't know. Yeah, it's it's, it's really a, powerful, hand, it's a it? really powerful tool. I when mean, you... the
0: man wrote a whole book on this.
1: No, no, no. How? No, no. No,
0: no. How?
1: <laughs> his, his stuff is really good. I really like it. Page
0: one, breathe in.
1: <laughs> breathe out. Page
0: two, hold.
1: <laughs> Can you imagine? I, I think we should just, like, tell our nans about this and they'll be like... You're reading a book about what? Breathing in and out. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I'm nearly ninety. I've yeah. got quite a lot of experience.
0: Yeah. Got this far.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Just doing this now.
0: <laughs> My nan would say something like that. Well, I've got you know, I've got this far breathing like this. <laughs>
1: yes, you would. I didn't have any lessons. <laughs> you noticed. <laughs> um, what I'd noticed, and you can back me up on this, is I'm a jaw clencher yeah and i open and close my jaw at night and sometimes i wake myself up doing it and also i know that it affects things like uh, mouth microbiome tooth decay it's not good to breathe through your mouth at night and it feels rancid you wake up and you're like Mm. ugh. but reading some of the stuff some of the research on it it was more about it changes everything from your kind of nervous system state to your blood pressure and it can be almost kind of keeping you a little bit in fight or flight so you're you're sleeping lighter and one of my issues not a Big enough issue that I ever drop out caffeine is how light I sleep and it does my head in yeah. because I wake up the slightest thing. I'm
0: caffeine free thus far today. Are you? Yeah, I think that's why I'm feeling a bit oh. sleepy.
1: <laughs> if if you hear the Darth Vader breathing kick in, yeah. listeners, then you know he's gone. That's
0: what, it, that's what it was. And I'll just
1: continue chattering away on my own.
0: It's fine. You you, you, you got it. I, I, I have faith in you.
1: <laughs> anyway, so you should probably try this. I'm getting good with like a nighttime routine and reading and stuff. And I decided to try the mouth tape and he recommends it and says, so that you breathe through your nose in the night and said, it's, it's how we're supposed to breathe, essentially. Mm. And you can keep the tape on in the day if you want to, if you're a mouth breather in the day. You you sometimes notice that when I'm thinking, I like move my jaw side to side, don't I? Or yeah. like, I do weird stuff anyway.
0: It's like, what are you doing?
1: <laughs> you're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm thinking, but I'm moving my jaw side to side. So like, I've obviously got into like default little habits. And one is that I will, I, I do mouth breathe most of the time. Yeah. Mouth breathe when I exercise. So I've tried it. It's like these funky lip shaped tape. You put it on and yeah, I'd say I'm on night four. They do say probably takes about a week before you feel the benefit. Then one thing I noticed was uh, when I teach yoga, just sometimes when you're kind of going, I get a bit of orthostatic hypertension, you know, when your blood pressure drops mm-hmm. in the in the yoga and you're going from yeah. high to low. I didn't have it as bad this time. A little bit, but not as anywhere near as bad. Because if is... the class ends up being busier than, I, uh, than usual, the temperature and the humidity in the room goes up really high. And so what I've planned... Suddenly, I'm like I probably shouldn't have done this because there's way too many people here. Right. So, I'd be like, you know, I kind of like doing a lot of, of forward folding, then coming back up again, and then suddenly, like, whoa, blood pressure. Yeah, and it wasn't as bad.
0: Is your morning breath less rank?
1: Does anyone have good morning breath?
0: No, no, that's why I said less rank.
1: Oh, right, okay. It's always going to yeah, be yeah. pretty
0: minging, but I mean, because some mornings I wake up as a mouth breather. Yeah, know? yeah, um, and it's just, yeah, yeah. it's just offensive.
1: Yeah. <laughs> i wouldn't honestly know i'd say but you
0: can taste it you know some sort of when you wake up and you're just like oh quick brush my teeth right this second
1: well i'd say in the last the hard thing as well is i do too many things at once and in the last week i moved on to the next phase i'm doing chinese herbs at the moment i moved on to the next phase of chinese herbs started taking liposomal glutathione and coq10 right and started mouth taping and all of my symptoms are better so now I'm like, which one which was, was it? it? I'm just such an Man. idiot sometimes. But, but who my, cares? My who suspicion cares? is that it's the herbs because I was starting to feel a lot better on the herbs anyway. Yeah, you
0: was actually. And
1: uh, and my I'm working with a traditional Chinese medicine practitioner. All I do is send him a WhatsApp picture of my tongue. Go figure. And... <laughs> like it's the first one and do you know what because and I said this just say this on the last podcast I can't remember he's the first person that is, in, that is treating my entire body yeah not just looking at my gut I've tried functional medicine herbal medicine gastroenterology everything they're all looking at Got, got, got. they're looking at the conditions the diagnosis they can't find anything he's
0: looking at your chi
1: <laughs> he's looking at everything and i've said i think something's going off in my kidneys with my musculoskeletal system with my immune system and, and he's doing all of it mm. and i send him my tongue and in a week i've noticed a big difference i've been on them for three weeks already yeah but in the last week a big difference with all my symptoms there we go oh, that's amazing so well, I quite yeah. like that. I'll keep going with the mouth tape because it's something yeah, I've wanted to stop for ages and I want to breathe better. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I would like to stop mouth breathing, but...
1: I am a bit worried because you don't mm. breathe well for your nose, so I don't know how. No, exactly. You would need to do it in the day first. Yeah,
0: to have a little practice. Yeah,
1: but then someone will come to the door.
0: <laughs> and it like, like, is like...
1: You look like something out like of a horror movie more because it's yeah, like white tape that. on your lips, so you have like white lips.
0: Yeah, and then, but I could take it off to answer the door, couldn't I?
1: What, yeah, yeah. yeah, it wouldn't be a big deal. I wouldn't, though, no, I just... No. I just... <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <hard> to, <laughs> the thing they would think you'd have to do nutter, unless I, they unless they'd happen to have read the book.
1: Everyone thinks I'm a Nutter anyway, because the, some mornings oh. I leave here swilling coconut oil in my mouth. I said that to you, didn't I? Again, it's just not because I'm doing any special oil pulling routine, but because it's, it's antiviral and it does make your mouth taste better. Yeah. I swill it around my mouth just for a, a few minutes. I came out the other day and then a woman bumped into a woman and our dogs know each other and they, they played and then she was like, oh, good morning. I was like, <laughs> I, was like I can't spit it out. Like, what do I do? And it all went down my oh, chin. Yeah, can you imagine? <laughs>
0: like,
1: morning. Yeah, exactly. just all went down my chin. I was like, <laughs> oh. so yeah, she's like, all right, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> never mind.
0: Got a mouthful. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway.
0: No, but it's, it's great to see an improvement in your symptoms. Like, after all this time... Yeah. So yeah, whether it's the Chinese medicine, the mouth taping, combination <laughs> of two, who cares? Yeah. Hey, progress is progress. Progress is progress. I see yeah. it, um, and I'm sure you were at that point where you, like, I don't care.
1: Oh God, I'll, yeah, try, yeah.
0: I'll try anything.
1: I will. Yeah, and do you know what? It's interesting because working with lots of different clients at the moment with kind of autoimmune conditions, it's it's really um, interesting hearing what works for different individuals. Some people get you know, amazing results just with the nutrition transformation. For some people, it's more about they leave their job, they change country, they go somewhere warmer. Like it's yeah. incredible. But, but more and more, you're also seeing the mindset side of things really, really be a part of this. And I think one thing that I'm conscious of was was starting to just try to lead my life again and and look to the future and what I wanted to do and do some yeah. projects and things like that. Because there, be, there is a part of you when you're experiencing the symptoms, of course you worry, we've talked about this before, and you're, you're Googling stuff and you're like, oh. And, and when you're not trusting the medical profession, which I wasn't because they were just clueless they were trying to diagnose things i'd already eliminated through my own testing and stuff but they were like we have to take it all off yeah, you know and you, when like, you're like when, when you, yeah so when you're kind of like you guys don't know i'm gonna find out myself on the internet but you can make <laughs> yourself so much thicker and then obviously when you're identifying certain foods that you think trigger you you'll never know if they trigger you because the thought of having them triggers your symptoms yeah so i think The final bit for me, the final part of the puzzle is I'm probably going to have to go and do something more about retraining my my brain a little bit to not be worried about some of the things.
0: But that was the problem, wasn't it? Like you developed this fear of food because, you know, you were so worried of how you would react. So it was almost like, well, there's definitely no point trying it because the damage is already been done
1: yeah you know yeah, before
0: yeah. you before you've even tried it yeah yeah so and, we and, don't- yeah.
1: and same for going anywhere so and in fact i was listening to someone speak about chronic illness on a podcast and just say like you develop a fear of going anywhere in case you develop symptoms and then you're stuck there so like at a party or at work or you know lecturing was one for me i was like oh my god what if i get symptoms you can't just pull yeah. out of a lecture and yeah group so you, you started to get symptoms around all of that stuff and i think for me, the, the dietary changes were a massive factor and the herbs initially got me to a point where I was like, no, I'm starting to have whole days of feeling okay to go and do stuff. But then equally, you'll have then bad days again. So it's also quite cyclical. So it's almost like when you try to resume business as usual, you could end up going back a few steps yeah. as well. And I'm sure like lots of people out there have these kind of chronic conditions you know, many of my clients have been a massive inspiration to me. Many of them are now my friends and, yeah. and we talk about these things a lot. And I say like, you guys are inspiration inspiration to me, how you manage these conditions. Yeah. Some have got Crohn's, some have got MS, some have got, you know, all different, uh, you know, then I wouldn't say that, I don't want to use the word lifelong, but it's a condition that's always going to flare if they're not looking after themselves. Whereas, and this is probably the first time it's kind of happened to me in that in yeah. that sense. but.
0: Well, that, well, yeah. I mean, it's, it, I suppose it is one of those things, isn't it? That you kind of don't really know how it feels until you're in that position. Position yourself, you know what I mean. So I've,
1: I've always empathised with them because yeah, I think everyone's always nervous at the moment because because of the internet and Doctor Google. There's so much health scaring going on. Mm-hmm. Everyone's nervous, like you know, scared to death of getting cancer. Every lump and bump we get. Um, you know, kind of speaking to the doctor, he was saying this to me. He was like, Oh my God, everyone just Googles everything. And yeah. we are just, you know, and actually, I was reading an article in the paper at the weekend about paramedics. People are calling par- paramedics, uh, they're discovering a lump and a bump and they ring the ambulance and stuff. And they they were saying they are completely overrun now because people are scared of everything. Yeah. But I, this is really interesting. They were also saying that when you see someone like in a shop doorway, People rather than before mobile phones, people would have gone over and see if they were okay and, and spoken to them and said, Are you okay? Or, are you sleep? Are you drunk? Or do you need some help? Now, people drive past and call an ambulance. Don't get out and help. Isn't that interesting?
0: What do you mean? Like if someone's like sat on the floor, lying on the floor in a yeah, shop yeah. doorway or something yeah, like that. Yeah. They
1: drive past and go, you need to get go to see that person. They could have just been drunk and knocked out. Right. In which case they might need an ambulance. Yeah. But they were saying oh, a lot of the calls are not ambulance, you know. So they now get it used to be they'd have these quiet periods in the early hours. It's now just c- consistently all night long. and They can't cope with the amount of calls they get. Wow. And it is some, some is time-wasting and, and, and hoax calls as well. And but, yeah. but a lot of it is people just petrified, you know. And then apparently there's a lot of, it was a really sad story, actually. There's a lot of lying because there's a lot of domestic abuse where they go, someone's fallen in the shower and it's not that type yeah, of stuff. Yeah, of course. But that's escalated because of the main driver is is, is alcohol intake is, you know. Drinking at home is, is is much more kind of common now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. And that's one of the big drivers behind that. So a bit depressing. Sorry to bring that up on a podcast, but there we go. Yeah,
0: a bit of a random shift there. But, but it is, <laughs> it, it,
1: it, I think it is true that you just see people, you know, Googling all this stuff and, and you know, scared of everything. And, and then it's kind of,
0: yeah. Well, it's like, you know, gosh, I mean, we, have, we receive so many messages. Like, oh, you know, I... You know, I've got this going on, and then I found this article that says this, and then this article that says that. And and, you know, it can put the the fear of God in people, can't it? And it's a tough one because you don't, you know, I don't know, you don't want to discourage people from taking any kind of abnormality seriously. Yeah. Because, you know, if something is there that didn't used to be there, then yeah. Yeah, you have every right to be like, well, why is that? Yeah. You know, where has that come from? But then at the same time, you know, don't believe the first article that you read that says...
1: Everything tells you you've got cancer yeah. on Google. It's crazy. I think Google might do it on purpose sometimes. I don't know <clears> if you can do that, but you're right. Because also not doing anything about it, is this is i commonly see this in a lot of again busy people mums who are kind of putting everyone else first and things like that they'll have a symptom and they won't get to the doctors to that they know they need to go and get checked out or they let checks fall behind like a smear test or mammogram those types of things and all the time it's like bubbling away in their mind well, I should have got that done. You know, I should have got that checked. Should get that done and I'm not. And they don't. And it, but it's it's causing them a lot of stress. And then they go and then have to have like 20 checks. And then this really nerve-wracking period of like get all the answers back. So if you're getting chronic symptoms, like you, you need to stop pointing off. You feel so much better once you've been yeah. and had the test done and spoken to somebody about it. Same thing. If you know your nutrition is out of control and you need to sort it. Speaking to somebody this week, they were kind of saying like you know, my, my life has changed, my job's changed. I'm now doing seven days a week. My nutrition has gone to crap. Um, I'm drinking really like loads at the weekend. As soon as I get one night off and finish on a Sunday or whatever, like I just drink too much. And it's all like, it's kind of it stems from emotional stuff, but, um, I've now had a chest infection for weeks and weeks. You know, these types of things, I'm seeing this all the time now and it's kind of you just need to stop now and and take a take a day off yeah. and and go and get your stuff stuff sorted and it might be doctor's appointment it might be get some batch cooking like go and get a good shopping start now.
0: But it's quit- that classic scenario, isn't it? Putting everyone else before yeah yeah before you. So the other day you you did a post in our three six five Facebook group about what was that term you used?
1: Emotional over identification. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Tell me about that. <laughs> well, I've only. Well, it kind of links, doesn't it, in terms of like, just just saying about like kind of putting everyone else's needs before your own.
1: Yeah, so I've been listening to loads of podcasts about like emotional health and and mental health and things like that, and it's funny, you know, when you you have like a gut feeling, what podcast do you want to listen to when you're walking. Yeah, for for a long time, you mood you're in. But for a long time, I was like, I want to listen to like cellular respiration like metabolism. I want to listen to like detoxification. And now I'm just like, I don't want to know any of it. Like it's weird. (laughs) Look at you. You're like, why would you want to know (laughs) that? Yeah. Why? (laughs) And one of the reasons I think I know enough, Mm, I know enough to like, to support myself, to support anyone else, support a client. I know enough. And where I struggle and I could make a bigger difference is that kind of emotional side, because also I, I struggle with it myself and I really want to continue doing what I'm doing, helping people. Mm. Um, but we mentioned on previous podcasts, I have shocking boundaries. And I've really enjoyed listening to people like Russell Brand, Ruby Wax, Fern Cotton, about how this stems from anything from a lack of confidence to a desire for status, purpose, to partly ego and I spoke to um, a good friend about this this week she's also practicing now and I was saying part of it is an ego which is really embarrassing to admit Mm. but you want to be the one to help so you take control and some of that is you wanting to and this is what Russell Brand always says he wrestles with his ego because he's like some of it is this genuine compassion you know to help and some of it is like no I want to be the one that gets the gold star you know I want to be the one that gets the reputation and so and again that just comes back from like conditioning in school I think And what I'm trying to work out is how do you balance it? How do you draw the boundaries? How do you withdraw from it? I came across this. I've listened to some people talk about you've got scales when it comes to your personality. You've got a scale of like narcissism on one end, which is where you like, you're all about you and you totally love yourself. And and at the other end is is echoism or being an echoist, I think is the phrase, which is where you have no idea who you are Mm. at all. You completely, like if you were to say, if I said to you, what's your favorite food? What's your favorite color? You'd be like, I, uh, I "What's don't. yours?" <laughs> yeah, basically, you wouldn't know how to ask that <laughs> yeah, question. Yeah, yeah, that because <laughs> <the same, same. laughs> you never think <laughs> about you, and you never think about your needs, your your things, your your favorite stuff, what what you truly want. You never think about it. You're uh-huh. so far off that scale. So it's really, I thought that was fascinating, and there would be a scale. So that you can, that's that's one thing to think about. And then the other one is you've got. Kind of empathy, and you know, there's like degrees of empathy, which we've mm. talked about before. And you can be an empath where you are highly sensitive to the feelings of others. Yeah. And so you're the person that cries on TV when you know you're watching, I don't know, like a- animal rescue or something yeah. like that, or you know, you can't see cruelty, you can't watch any of this stuff. Like I'm terrible for, whenever they do the sub story on Britain's Got Talent or, X- yeah, factor. I'm like you're bawling my eyes that. out or. Anything like that, and well, I always like, have been, and you are, you know, well. you know,
0: that. Um, you're quite bad for that, though. Me, yeah, yeah, yeah hell you're yeah. quite a,
1: sen- you're a sensitive I'm person. I'm a very
0: sensitive soul, I can't watch stuff like that. If anything, I, I often go before you, yeah. on films and stuff. Um, and, but you always know when there's something, there's a scene that you might, you know, might trigger me, yeah,
1: yeah, because I, I
0: see you glance over at me, and then there'll be like the tear trickling down my cheek. <laughs> anything to do with he's an gone. old man, yeah? he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> But it's like that, uh, you know that Netflix uh, series that don't don't fuck with cats thing.
1: I don't even know why
0: people are watching that. Well, to, to be fair, I, I didn't realise that it was exactly what it is in terms of some something pretty horrible with cats. Um, I didn't know if it was like a just a a phrase to kind of describe something else, I don't know yeah, yeah. Um, uh, animal
1: cruelty has always set me off I'm yeah. not very good
0: with it and it was hard, it was, and I can't watch it yeah. I tried but the only reason I tried to watch it is because like, when it first came out loads of people on Facebook were like oh god invest time watching this show it's really interesting it's really amazing but just look past the bit with the cats and I was like oh okay well you know, you know other people are watching it and I was watching it and, it, and, it, and it, honestly I, I felt so anxious Yeah, yeah. because every time like you, you didn't know when these scenes were going to come oh, and you had to I what wait. I would do is I'd, I'd mute it and look away and then kind of glance to the TV every now and again to see that the scene had gone. But then I thought, this is not an enjoyable experience for me, no, like uh, watching this programme. But yeah, carry on.
1: I can't even remember, yeah. So, so <laughs> there's degrees of empathy. Yeah. And uh, I'm just going to sidetrack for a second because one thing that was interesting when I was listening to a shaman on Russell Brand who talks about she... Tr- gone and lived with lots of different tribes and yeah. said like when you're in a tribe, how there are almost like different individuals with different kind of personalities and, and emotional states, mm-hmm. and emotional strengths and vulnerabilities. And they would have had different roles within the tribes. And this is if you look at the animal kingdom, you have like your alpha male yeah. who they're the kind of dominant aggressors, they keep control of everybody mm-hmm. and they're probably the most promiscuous and mm-hmm. would have had more of the wives and things like this. And then well, you have then you have these these other... Male individuals, and she said our homosexuality exists in all the tribes as well. Who were a little bit less competitive in that element and so would go for men or women and i can't remember what she called them but they're kind of almost like they're they're maintaining the status quo because if everyone was alpha it would create too much conflict so they were more about kind of keeping the status quo and the calm and the peace and have a bit more of a kind of gentle personality much more sensitive and then you've got women and, and obviously same thing with the women you can have alpha females and they're more gentle and the reason being it would just make the community work better you almost need those different levels and different yeah Uh, you know personality traits it just made me think of you because you've got you're slightly alpha at times if someone like cuts you up on the motorway or you know triggers you and then in other ways you're like hypersensitive and that's not being alpha is it yeah but you can be like no 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 and and also you're competitive but but mainly in a training environment but then uh but then you're like heart on Steve, and you'll, you, you you're like verbalize all of your feelings and you're, and you're very sensitive. So it's just, it's just interesting. And, and I started like almost analyzing all the different people that, you know, now mm-hmm. you can start to think about the degrees of empathy and the, the, you know, are they alpha? Are they, are they more of a kind of, I can't remember what she called it, my moderator or something like that, but like, you know, in that middle ground, just keeping the peace a bit more sensitive. But one thing that I think I've, I've really identified is that if you're going to have a job where you're helping people. And just think about people in medical professions, how this must be such a battle for them as well. Mm. Reading this article by this paramedic in the weekend in the papers, I was like, oh, my goodness, I can't even imagine. I couldn't do that job L- listening to the things that he came across. But eventually it broke him. And yeah. he said he had to kind of go and have a lot of treatment for trauma, you know, PTSD and things like that. But you are kind of taking on the energy of the people that you're helping yeah. and you take on their the... Uh, their fears and 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 you can carry that around with you so you can end the session the consultation if it's me working with a client and you can continue to worry for them or you can gain a piece of knowledge about something and then you look around at your family and you can start worrying for all of them yeah like what are they doing to themselves what's happening here you know oh god there's so many things that threaten them and i can't protect them and da, da, da. and it really starts to affect your health and the concept that loop all the way back round of over-identification, over identification over what was it what did i say emotional over-identification is when you've really let it get out of control so you might be because you've got that kind of echoist tendency anyway where you just put others first yeah but now you're totally feeling others like other people's emotions all the time and then you carry it with you so you're becoming really sick and mm. unhealthy and it's really interesting because <laughs> this is an element which i know i am never got and I'm, I'm never going to regain my health i knew from the off i will not regain my health until i sort this out yeah and gain more boundaries around it and stop it.
0: But um, how do you sort this out, though, Kerris?
1: Awareness is the first point. Like, yeah. without doubt, I'm not an expert in this, but the more I've listened to people talk about it and because the more the reason and I then you identify you doing it. Is
0: because, like, a lot of your personality, you know, I'm talking, you know, everyone here, is was decided a long time ago, right, yeah, in terms yeah, yeah. of your your characteristics as a person. Yeah. You know, and, and we often say, you know, you're a worrier and you got that from your mum because your mum's a worrier. And I talk about my mum and my nan who are both yeah. worriers as well. I don't think I'm a worrier, not compared to, to you. No. You know, I am in some aspects of my life, but not not, not, like, not like you and your mum and my mum and my nan. So the reason I ask that question is because it's like it's it's part of who you are. So how do you change that when it's like, it's not that simple, is it? It's going, oh, I've no, identified this. I
1: think what's really helped is is when you fall sick, you kind of have the choice taken away. Yeah. So now it's a bit like I was pretty knocked, knocked out by that. I don't want to go back there again, but my body's obviously said, this is a help call.
0: Enough is enough.
1: <laughs> yeah, you can't keep... Because one thing I identified was that when I was lecturing and taking on clients and lecturing in all different groups. So different years, I was taking on more and more people to feel responsible for
0: Hmm.
1: and more and more people to get up in front of. And then if they were bored, I would feel responsible for that in a a lecture. I don't write the slides, you know, and I'm not, but but you know, like I would be like, right, I need to sort this out. This is my job. I'm a lecturer. I need to liven it up a little bit. I would feel their boredom. And I'd be like, I need to do something different. If, they equally were looking distressed because it's exam times. I would feel that, and I would be like, "Crap! Right, what are we going to do? Hmm. It's exam time. How can we sort this out?" You know, and then you come home, and you could, should probably rest for a few days after doing that. In, you know, for four, four or five days back to back. But I would then take clients on, yeah. and it'd be the same thing. Motivate identify and motivate, but then also doing some corporate work, which I don't even know why I then said yes to the corporate work because I wouldn't say no because everything was opportunities to grow our business and, and to meet more people and to help more people. And that's what we said we always wanted to do. So there was a a big, big kind of loss of, you know, my needs within all of that. And my body kind of saying no was, was brilliant because I wouldn't say no. So it did it for me. So that was the first thing, but I think, now I've had time to develop an awareness of what was happening. It's like you said, you can do a little bit of a journey back in that I'm just one of those people that's always going to worry what other people think of me. I'm always going to want to have a strong sense of purpose and I'm, I'm going to take on, I'm going to, to a certain extent, identify with the worries of others and take it on. Hmm. I've cried in in lectures and I've cried in, in consultations, yeah. public consultations when I'm lecturing clinical practice. I've cried when the clients told me their story because it's been so emotional you know like really i'm like oh my god you are you are an amazing human being telling me this story in front of this class and then i go and they go and anyway (laughs) but students like it they're like god you're human you know yeah um but it's because you're identifying with that person and what i've started to do is, is is do it in that moment and then when i step out of that moment i literally just let it go now so it starts to buzz around my mind a bit and then i will either distract myself or i will breathe i will meditate i will call you i will put some comedy on i'll read some fiction i will distract myself and i will leave and as it tries to come back in again i'll like let it go let it go yeah. um someone actually said in class the other day they that how animals shake when they've had a bit of stress you know they physically shake out like hamish will flap his ears and stuff mm. so he might have a bit of a confrontation and that's kind of that's something that they're saying in, you know, could be really helpful if you, if you've say, for example, got in road rage with somebody afterwards, you should physically shake out because there's so much tension that builds up in you physically and mentally yeah. that you should then get out of the car, get some fresh air and then physically shake everything. Yeah. We'd look a bit weird maybe doing it, but that, anything that, that kind of is almost like you closing off from, from that period. And I think what I'm, I, t- I talked to myself about is go in there, do your best job, help, let them know you care mm. and you're there but define your hours and define your time and then guard your time. And so there's a lot of turning that phone off, leaving that phone in the other room, going for saunas, going for yoga classes. So I'm not available. I'm in a little space, you know, like restoring myself, putting the energy back in as well, which is a big factor in it. So you can go back out again and help. I
0: I do like what you say about like having that awareness and then just putting better barriers in place because i just feel like i think with a lot of people you know i think i think that expression you know like give an inch and they take a mile type thing yeah like is is true in you know in many respects and it's even little things like sometimes with uh like we have like an automatic response on uh, our our info our email account that kind of says you know we'll get back to you with do to get back to you within like 24 hours or whatever it may be but the amount of people that still don't don't see 24 hours as 24 hours, they see it as I emailed you at 10 p.m. last night and it's now 7 a.m. the next day. So yeah. the, that was, I emailed you yesterday and you haven't replied. And it's like, yeah, but 24 hours is 24 hours. You know, yeah, it's yeah. not like, you know... You've been asleep, and now there should be a response because yeah. we sleep too. <laughs> do, yeah, do you see yeah. what I mean? I
1: think that's the hard thing. I think there is that level of expectancy now. But yeah. also, when you do what we do and people need help, it's very hard to say no. Hmm. We get some, you know, heartfelt messages, and yeah. it's very hard to go, I'm busy. But,
0: but can I just say, right? Like, and, and I know everyone's different, but I've messaged quite a few people on Instagram, Facebook, who who I follow or I'm friends with or whatever, because I've seen something that they've posted that I really like or has really resonated with me. And because I a big part of, big thing I wanted to do last year was to compliment people more. Like if I genuinely like something that someone's done, don't just like it, like send them a message yeah. and say like, why, why you liked it, why it had a positive impact on me, why I want to share it or something like that. But there's so many people that are you know you could say are, are insta famous if you will. Never reply to me I know. ever, <laughs> no. ever. And I can I can see that you've seen it. Uh, yeah. It tells me I know. But does it change my opinion of them? No, it doesn't. No. I'm like, you know what? They're they're probably inundated with these kind of messages. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's a bit annoying that you didn't answer that question about a certain thing. But you know what? Whatever. I'll get over it. It's not a big deal type thing. But I think. I get the impression they're the kind of people who are quite good at going I'm off like I'm off now or do you know what like I don't know like or maybe they're not maybe they're just lazy and they're like I can't be asked. I don't know (laughs) 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 who's doing like you (laughs) well yeah (laughs) Yeah. you're right you know (laughs) oh god I thought it was something else I think it's hard because but what I was going to say was is whereas you and I don't get me wrong some messages do slip through the net but we do try our very best to respond to every single message that comes in, and if we don't, we feel bad about it. You know what I mean? And we're we'll like, oh, we didn't get back to that person quick. You know, like whatever will they think of us? Because yeah. we they'll think we ignored them, and just just, just see what I mean.
1: I suppose like my feelings and experience, I apply it to others. Hmm. So, like you said, if I wrote a heartfelt email to someone, I was like, I've had all these health issues. Will you help me? And no one replied. I would feel like oh. I thought they cared when I listened to the podcast, but yeah. they don't reply. So they don't care. And and it, that's not the case at all. And I, re- I was reading a really good book, Dolly Alderson's Everything I Know About Love. was a brilliant read someone recommends to me. And she she was similar going through a phase in her life. And she went for counsellor and her counsellor said like, why do you always think everybody's thinking about you and what you're yeah. doing? And like, you do though, don't you? Like, when you're a very sensitive person and you're very compassionate and things like that, you think that. Like, for example, me giving a lecture or a talk, I think that it has to be absolutely perfect. And I can think, I can tell when it's not perfect. I know when I, I haven't done a, the job that I want to. And I then think I know the mind of everyone in that audience. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I know that they didn't think it was very good. And I almost assume, and some of them might be like, as if we've been bothered. Do <laughs>
0: like, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, but, who cares? But the hard thing is though, is if you, like when you did your stylist talk, you know, I spoke to you afterwards and you were like, it was all right but I, I feel i could have done better do you remember yeah, like i was just
1: you... thrown by the environment yeah it was yeah just so beautiful i was <laughs> just like what am i doing here but you had what <laughs> no and i don't, I don't hey, mean that funny it was vibes. very glam it wasn't vibes, no,
0: vibes, no, no. vibes
1: but it was very glamorous and i'm just not part of that world like you know fashion and, and you
0: looked smoking
1: um, thank you it's very sweet of you but i did I was, choose
0: your outfit i must add
1: <laughs> whenever we go into those environments though you did actually gock more. whitmore
0: gock quit over
1: here <laughs> gock go, matt <laughs> but whenever i go into that we've done like magazine shoots which sounds glamorous they're not they're like really dull aren't they and boring but whenever i go into that it's just an alien world to me i'm like i get massive imposter syndrome like what mm. am i doing here yeah yeah like why am i here i did, like why and I, and I had a little bit of that in that environment would you
0: have felt better if you was in pajamas as well
1: no I don't know. I'd have felt better if you were there in pajamas yeah yeah <laughs> yeah
0: but but what I was going to say was is that you you know you had decided that you weren't as happy with it as you would like to have been you could have done a better job all those things right yeah you have had really amazing feedback through people that were there and also people that have messaged you since doing the talk yeah but in your head <laughs> you'd already made that decision so do you it's know what hard do you know what
1: your head says They just feel sorry for me. They're being kind.
0: Yeah, there you go then. So so it doesn't really do anything for you getting that positive feedback. Whereas flip that, if you came off that stage and you were like nailed it, but then you had a couple of like negative comments on social media afterwards, that would have completely derailed you. Yeah. It would have convinced you otherwise. See what I'm saying? Yeah, that would be so, harder,
1: definitely. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So
0: if you came off and you've got a positive <laughs> head on your shoulders, shit before you say it's shit, <laughs> you, you, you could easily be flipped one eighty. Yeah, and go actually, God, it was awful. I thought I nailed it, but everyone hated it. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if it's the other way around and you came off going, I, I wasn't really too pleased with that, you could be inundated with positive feedback, but it probably still wouldn't change your mind. Yeah, it might just make you feel a little bit better. Did, See what I mean? Yeah,
1: yeah. But I suppose do you know what's interesting about public speaking generally is i used to have panic attacks at school mm. i started when i was 16 doing public speaking and it took me so long to stop those i managed to in fact gosh i think um, i actually won when i was in a in an office job which i still like incredibly nervous and then when we launched the business together and we started i started teaching that was that was a big part of not getting is not having a panic attack. So teaching spin and core and things like that. And I taught in a gym, I trained in for years, knew everyone. Yeah. So it's lovely, like familiar territory. It's a really nice way to ease in. But then when we went to doing talks again in gyms, actual presentations, it all was coming back. And I was always surprised that I kind of managed to control it and never had a full-on panic attack. Only once did I say to you, I think it was when we were in I think it was when we were in Derry, I said I could feel myself about to go like for some and and you have no control over it when they used to happen to me at school i would get up to talk and literally my mind would go you're gonna the first time it happened i didn't know what it was it just was like everyone's looking at you uh you're gonna screw this up now big time yeah. that's all my brain said to me it was yeah. the weirdest thing ever everyone's looking at you you've got to read this paragraph you're gonna screw it up you're gonna screw it up and my legs started shaking my uh, hands started shaking, my heart started racing and my mouth closed and I couldn't speak. And then it did it every single time the teacher went, Keris, read that paragraph now, which was nearly every day for like Blimey. a year. And I remember I used to live in fear, like sky of school. And uh, it was a long story. I should do a whole podcast on that. But I always look back and think, by the way, like my diet was trash at that point. So mm. a big factor in my panic attacks was I was not regulating my blood sugar levels, but I was triggered by public speaking so i think now there's an element to which every time i do any public
0: speaking how, how are panic attacks linked to regulating blood sugar levels
1: because generally if you're not regu- if your blood sugar levels drop then you can start to release cortisol and adrenaline and I used to either eat nothing in the day and then just have chocolate at the break. Hmm. So I wouldn't be controlling my blood sugars very well. It's a it's a number of things because I think the trigger was always the public speaking.
0: Yeah, of course. But I
1: think if I ate, like it didn't happen when I started to eat better and run and look after myself. Yeah,
0: but you were older as well.
1: Yeah, I suppose. I'm
0: not buying that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I do buy it. And, and I started to know notice things like eating like eating a really good protein breakfast before speaking and things like that running also helped in terms of like mentally prepared me, but eating a really good protein fat based breakfast before a talk because of insulin's kind of antagonistic relationship, I think with cortisol, I just, I just didn't get the same, like, you know, it, it never affected me the same. I was always surprised mm. and breathe, I didn't do any breathing work or anything. I was always just, as soon as I just stabilized, <clears throat> ate more nutritiously, I definitely felt I was more stable, but it, it's, the legacy that it's left is I never walk away from a talk and go, nailed it.
0: No. You probably never will.
1: But do you know what? I should walk away from a talk and go, it's amazing that you even talk because at one point you were frozen with it. I nearly went to Toastmasters. (laughs) It's
0: amazing you're you're even breathing.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) You have a voice. You open your mouth and words come out. (laughs) You're so lucky.
1: (laughs) 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 Breathing is so 2020. But yeah, So I
0: don't know. (laughs) someone (laughs) goes... Uh, that, that talk just wasn't really very good at all. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't find it very interesting. You go well, at least you could hear. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, know, you, were, you were lucky. Be, be grateful. Yeah, <laughs> that you could hear that talk that <laughs> yeah. you thought was terrible.
1: <laughs> so be grateful that you're breathing right now, over and out. But I should feel grateful that I can do those things. And do you know what forced me to do it as well? In the end, was just I learned so much training in nutrition, I just, this overwhelming desire to share it as you did as well. I was just like, I have to speak about this. I have to, I feel so passionate about it. It's so transformational for people and no one knows this. I wasn't taught this at school. We need to talk about this stuff it came so naturally to you. You get up in front of audiences and I'm like, oh God, you're amazing. You're just so slick. You're so confident. And then I get up and I'm like this shaking wreck behind yeah, but, you. But then but, as soon as I find the groove of like, I need to talk about this.
0: No, but you would always, what you always would say that you'd rather talk first, wouldn't you? Because then you can, because you want to kind of get it over and done with. But you know what's funny about the, like
1: that? Then I sit there for the whole of your talk, so nervous for you because I'm like stupidly yeah. sensitive. <laughs> but the weird thing
0: is, it's like,
1: are you nervous when I talk?
0: Nah. <laughs> <You bastards>. No.
1: <laughs> I couldn't give a shit, Love. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but because like because I have faith in you. Like I, you know, I, I have every confidence. I I because I know you and I know that you'll always start off a little bit nervous and a little bit, you know, a little bit jittery, but you know, you find your groove. And over the years, the more we've done talks and whatnot, you you found your groove a lot quicker. But also as well, what what how something Feels to you is very rarely how it's perceived by others. Yeah. So you'll be like, "Oh God, I was shaking like a leaf. Oh, I was <laughs> so nervous." And I'd be like, "But you wasn't. Like I was there looking at you. Yeah, yeah. You wasn't. If you were shaking, you couldn't see it. Yeah. But it, that's to you. It was like I was shaking like mad. I was so nervous. And then yeah. that kind of adds to it all. And and so and I think that's often the case. It's like it's like a, a lot of people what they think people see or hear or you, whatever you don't
1: shake at all though when you get up in front of people do you yeah but
0: but that's not to say like i don't it's not like i'm not nervous at all you know when you first kind of there and you've got all these faces staring at you yeah yeah like it is a little bit nerve-wracking but something i've just got better at is i don't know just kind of like you know what like if this whatever happens i'll i'll kind of hide it with humor <laughs> you know which is what i often do you know and and i'm very good at why do you know i almost backtracked then i was about to say i'm very good at and i was about to say something and then i almost backtracked to be like oh you know don't really sound arrogant but isn't it interesting we do that why should why can't we say i'm very good at something you said that before
1: yeah. you like i think we all should all sing our praises a little bit more.
0: what i was going to say was i'm very good at kind of covering up bloopers so if i've tripped on my words or if i've got an epic spelling mistake on my presentation or something like that. I'm now like, I, I just make a little joke about it. You know, I don't let it throw me. I don't yeah. go, oh God, they think I'm an idiot. Or I can't, yeah. you know, I can't even spell <laughs> like, and whatever. And you just kind of like hide it with a bit of humor and you crack a little joke and, and you move on. But then you mentioned school. I used to hate speaking in front of people at school, hated it. You Know it would, I would never have done it by choice. I only ever did it if I like you, you know, you're asked to read a freaking page in a book or yeah, something yeah. like did that. You have to do
1: that on a regular basis, yeah, it was just Awful. annoying. But no. do you know, I was fine with it until that one day, and then it was like panic attacks. Yeah, but you sprinting. just need
0: that one, only takes that one time, right? Yeah, but then weirdly, when I left school and whatever, I just seemed to never have a problem speaking in public places, like you know, yeah. in front of a room of people. And I, I don't know, I seem to kind of take to it. Quite, quite comfortably.
1: My my worst has to have been reading at a funeral. When someone asked me, I was like, wow, public speaking and reading a paragraph, which took me right back to school and reading about someone in my family and yeah, then looking at a whole room of like glassy eyed people. And I said to you, this is going to be a car crash. And it basically was. I can't go through like, on 3, it. Oh, yeah. And I just like You cried went. <laughs> whilst we did a funeral. <laughs> no, okay, no. Do you know what I mean? Well, honestly. I like, <laughs> it's really hard because you couldn't say no. Do you know what I mean? I was, no. That's why i was gran. And no. it's like, you can't say no. But I was like, gran, honestly, I am going to be the worst person. I will not hold this together at all.
0: Yeah, but to be fair, probably been, would have been weirder if you did. <laughs> you were just there, like... Yeah,
1: true, you know, true.
0: Not an ounce of emotion.
1: But then when I, when I was a bridesmaid, do you remember when I came down the aisle sobbing?
0: Oh God, you, were you, were like, a, you were a mess.
1: You were like, what's wrong? What's wrong? I was like... <laughs>
0: <laughs> All in your eyes out. My God.
1: We can't ever get married because I will not be mean, able to say a
0: word at the I'll eye. be one of those bloody grooms, though. and You know, like, you've been framed where it just, like, faints... <laughs> Still getting the better of me. Yeah. He's gone. No, I'll be going. <laughs> I'll just get my best mate to make sure you stand behind me. Catch me, catch if, catch me if I he'll fall. will flatten him. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, no. Shay's pretty big. I think he'll, <laughs> he'll manage <laughs> as long as he sees it's me coming. Like a
1: 100 kilo deadlift in the middle of the church.
0: <laughs> as long as he's prepared lift, for it and I just land on him. Got to lift him back up. But yeah, I mean. Oh, but, but, so,
1: one other thing you just mentioned about the slides in the presentation that's been quite important in, in sorting all of this stuff out is is that ability to let stuff go. Mm. And although I say it and I don't always do it very well and you don't, there's back and forth. I'm getting so much better at doing it quicker, more regularly. And right down to, like you, I'm noticing, oh, that slide's got a mistake on. Oh, that's wrong there. there." And I used to screw about that kind of stuff. I was such a perfectionist and such a you know and a perfectionist for the client as well i was like i want everything to be perfect for the client you know and whereas now i'm a bit like yeah, but, I, I genuinely... but now i am so much more take me as you find me do you know what i mean I, like yeah. i've had a year a year where i've had to revisit a lot of stuff and think you know if this is something seriously wrong with me how do i feel about the things mm. i really stressed about and it was just massive amounts of regret and so going forward i cannot screw over those things anymore no. and i have to let go of perfectionism and i have to let the house be a little bit messier and not worry. And do you know what's funny? I can't remember where I heard this. Listen to so many of these different kind of presentations, but it was, I told this to you. I think it was Alan DeBotton said, uh, he's wrote Book of Life, when you're having a dinner party, how you go off and cook stuff that you would never cook normally for yourselves and you cook a million dishes and you want it all to be perfect and you spend so much time making sure that's the case and trying to entertain and everything that you never enjoy it that much yourself and it all becomes more about the doing than the, the being yeah and um i thought god that is me like whenever we have people over I go like we're gonna cook all this stuff,
0: right. and, uh, and you, make, you make it really unenjoyable.
1: <laughs> I don't, I don't do that. That's not fair. You do, but I do go. We need, we need a platter to start and start, and we need nibbles. And that's need what I mean.
0: And then we need well, like, once the winter ones there, it's fine. The, got, the build what, up that, is got that cr-
1: from my mum. Mm. We need five different main courses. Whereas
0: I'm, I'm just gonna make some burgers and chips big ass salad I said to you people can help themselves and the last
1: time we had it was only my parents remember over and we were trying to do a roast and it was all going wrong and you couldn't thicken the gravy and both of us were losing it and my mum and dad were like you should have just done a a salad (laughs) because they were like that was was Keris'
0: impression of her (laughs) dad
1: yeah
0: (laughs) I would have been happy with a salad yeah No, but yeah, that's tickled. <laughs> that's tickled me. I don't know why. Um, so
1: next time anyone comes for dinner, just, it's just make what be you'd always make: roast chicken and jacket potatoes and beans. And a ton of beans. <laughs> Which just the best dinner ever. Be if
0: I turned up and someone made me that, I'd be over the moon.
1: Yeah,
0: I really would. And, and cheese. Yeah, yeah, got a bit of and cheese and beans,
1: or a cheese board as dessert. But yeah, you think about the stress. As soon as I start to. Invite someone over. Mm. In my head, I'm already going. What will I put on? Do this one. Will they do lime and chili hummus, or should I do? But the uh, thing is that hummus? that does make it
0: like <laughs> you know, you you create this massive drama, but not just for you, for other people, because you know it affects me as well. Because you're like Matt, you know, like we are going to make this, that, and the other, and and whatever else, and, and I, I get think to
1: Staines when the doors open,
0: <laughs> and the same as when we go to to your mum and dad's. Like sometimes it's not it's not what you want it to be because you're going there just to see to see them and have a catch-up and, you know, have, you know, have a bit of a chill. But then sometimes, like, we don't even see your mum because okay. she just doesn't leave the kitchen. She's, and- she's
1: Because she's on this, like, sourdough obsession at the moment, she thinks that every time you go over there has to be a fresh sourdough. She spends more time faffing around with starters and kneading bread in the kitchen Gosh. than she does actually having a conversation
0: well, with Well, we were around one time and she brought out the, the starter, which was soup, You know, with with, which to be fair, if you're going to have bread with anything, it'd be soup, right? But there was no bread, there was just soup, which is fine. Then we had the main, then we had dessert. And then your mum was like, Oh, now the bread's ready. (laughs) And it's like, hmm, okay, (laughs) kind of the wrong order. But you know, like if there's some going, I'll have it. But she was determined to get this bread out. It's you,
1: it's you. Yeah, you're both obsessed with bread. So whenever you're coming over, she's like, Oh, I've just made bread for Matt. Um, Bread junkie.
0: But yeah, I mean, bizarrely, this this isn't what we were planned on talking about, no, was not, it? it's not. But, but it's I good. just felt it just kind of, it was a very organic discussion that just just went the way it went. It was very organic.
1: I hope someone got something out of that. Surely sure they did
0: yeah. somewhere. Sometimes
1: I feel like I'm waffling on about my own problems, but you know. Yeah,
0: so here she goes again.
1: Just to finish on it though, I've posted in our members group about this and said about emotional over-identification because... I think it is crippling a lot of people mm. because you're more and more so just to finish like I realized I was uh, over identifying with my my parents and and yeah. like their health concerns their health my siblings uh, you and then I've mentioned like clients students and I was getting I was extending the net I was like more people come in <laughs> I will worry about you and I think it what I've really started to, to do is, is like I said to you, go in, help, do your bit and then let it go. Yeah. And make sure the time you're spending with those people is also as it used to be 10 years ago. It's fun, it's social, it's, yeah. it's those things. But also I had to have some serious conversations with all of them and about, I'm going to keep worrying until you sort your stuff out. Like I really had yeah. to say that to a few people, like seriously, or I'm going to step back and you're going to see me a little bit less because I'm not going to watch you press self-destruct. So this was like friends and people very close to me. I was trying to help and not get very far. I had to have that emotional conversation first. Hmm. And I'm seeing this a lot when I post it to our members, they said similar things were happening to them. They're responsible for and caring for people like their own parents, maybe if they're older, that type of thing. And I totally understand it, but you've got to have, your own little routine in place where you protect yourself. Even at my most difficult times when I've been looking after someone in my family and I had to stay in at home with them. I used to go out for like an hour walk at some point, just for my own mental health. And I've managed to keep that element in for most of my life. Like the exercise walk in, I will do. Yeah. Um, but what I don't necessarily do is like that mental walk, <laughs> yeah. you know, like the, the mental walk away, like switch off, come back to yourself and just let everyone know they're there, if that you're there, but you're there on your own terms, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah of course, and, yeah. And use your own health as an excuse. Like, it's been easier for me to go, I, I can't do it now. My body's just saying no. It's mm. been a lot easier. But everyone is, you know, your body's creaking in some way, probably. Yeah. You can go back and go, I, you know, my hormones, I'm not sleeping well. I've got this, you know my immune system's not picking up I can't, I'm can't. i picking up every cold speak to them and say so I'm going to have to step back and look after myself you need to do the same yeah. I will help you but I'm also going to take time out for me and that, that, I think that gives you this relief to own that situation a little bit better
0: I'm right there with you
1: and you will find that you come together a bit as a team and, and come up with some solutions together as well
0: yeah, to yeah, so make again. sure you're
1: not carrying the burden of everything like mums often do in a family, you know, and husbands kind of sit there going, oh, it's de-stress. And it's like, but it's because one yeah. individual's carrying all that burden.
0: Yeah. And again, it just comes back to communication, doesn't it? Yeah, you know. And I was having this chat with my mum the other day and, you know, I, I'm very uh, uh, vocal, I suppose, if if something's irritating me or annoying me or rather than let it continue to do so, I'll say something. I get that from my mum because my mum's my always been like that. And like the other day, okay, I told you, didn't I? Like I was in a coffee shop and someone was watching a video on their phone with no earphones and had the volume on really loud and it was sort of some woman shouting whatever. And I could, I looked around because I was like, God, this is this is awful. Like, it's really disruptive. And I looked around and I could see people grimacing like or, and like shaking their head and tying. But I thought, but no one's saying anything. So they're going to continue to sit there being irritated rather than actually saying, excuse me, Would you mind turning that down, please? Because it's quite disruptive, which I did because that's how I am. And she was like, oh, sorry, and turned it down. Yeah. Problem solved. Yeah. But that's because I communicated that that, that to her, whereas just sitting there and passively tutting and huffing and shaking your head.
1: You're just building up the energy in you, aren't you? Well, it's only affecting you.
0: She don't care. (laughs) She's she's watching her video, (laughs) Happy (laughs) as Larry. (laughs) You're the one over there, like, really annoyed, whereas... (laughs) But in a way, it's like, but you, you but you could stop it by actually letting your feelings be known, letting yeah, your yeah, frustrations yeah, yeah. known.
1: close it. They say it's like when it's pushed deep down inside, it just becomes disease. Yeah. I have one more story that I have to just get No, in.
0: and No, that's a wrap, uh, <laughs>
1: Just one more story. So the other thing um, I just want to add is also just trust. Like when you start to, like, you know, look after yourself, do good stuff, just almost kind of trust that process. I've had to just really let go and trust that almost in a higher power, whatever that looks like to you in, in, a, in a greater, something else decides not you. Yeah. And I found quite a lot of reassurance just doing that, just going like trust the universe, whatever you want to call it. Um, the greater, the greater good. And this is just a little interesting anecdote that whenever I get a taxi home from the station after lecturing, I don't yeah. normally get them because I said to you, when you get in the taxi and say where we live, they look really disgruntled because we only live a 10 minute drive from the yeah. station, but it's through like woodland. So I'd never it walk it. 10 minutes. So I'd never walk it. And whenever I say where we live, they always go, Oh, you can just tell. And that's so how I don't even like getting in the taxi because they just look annoyed. So like, and I said to you, like, it makes me feel uncomfortable. But the second thing they always do is then vomit and drive it way too with. fast. And you're always like, why don't you say slow down? And they really vomit down a country lane. that's really windy towards our house that scares the, the heck out of me and I never say anything and you're always like you should say something yeah. and I got in a taxi yesterday disgruntled taxi driver and by the way I've stopped tipping because I'm like I, I only tip the ones that drive slowly and, a, yeah. and, a, and a, have a nice conversation and I always say hello how, how's your day been anyway this guy speeds, disgruntled, speeds all the way home and then we get to the very top where it's a really windy road and there's a learner driver and I've never seen anyone drive so slowly. He pulls in front of him and he's going nuts, like cursing this learner driver who literally looks like he's not even... I don't think that he had the ignition on, like he was just rolling down oh, the hill. <laughs> <laughs> and he was going, ah, oh, stuck behind a learner, this is crazy, look how slow he's going. And I was just going, thank you, universe. Uh,
0: you were like, what a relief. It was The
1: universe. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> literally I was like this is amazing you would have bombed it down here and I would have been clutching the door something greater intervened and gave him his little lesson and I probably should have said well it serves you right for driving too fast but I didn't <laughs> so there we
0: go yeah well, there you go but then that's on you isn't it yeah you next know?
1: time I'll get in the car and I'll say please drive slowly don't I will report you mm. to the cab office make
0: sure he's pulled away though and <laughs> tell me about your day make he's moved from out. the station <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, but I, I do think like a lot of these times it's how you, you know, it's that classic scenario of how you respond to the situation in terms of, do you make this worse for yourself or better? And one last example from me, literally, this is the last one. There. <laughs> no more after this. But yeah? just one point I want to
1: say is I also was over uh, identifying with the cab driver. Who cares if he's disgruntled?
0: Yeah. Just, who exactly. cares if he doesn't
1: like it when I say don't drive fast? Well, at the end of
0: the day, if he if he if he felt that disgruntled, he could refuse the job and let you know let don't the next one out. take yeah. it if he really wanted to. So awareness. But, <laughs> but uh, like the other day, I was driving back from my nans up in Stratford upon Avon, and you know I glanced up in the rear view my rearview mirror because I could see that someone was like driving right up my my backside. But I was a bit like it. It, it put me on edge because they were driving way too close. But I was driving faster than the middle lane traffic, so I was overtaking. So there was a part of me that was like, well, I'm not going to move over because you're driving like an idiot. I'm driving at a perfectly acceptable speed, and I am overtaking. It's not like I'm just coasting along in the fast lane. But then I thought to myself, but all this is doing is making me more stressed. What I just need to do is pull over, let the idiot go, because they're clearly in a hurry yeah. and they're willing to like put their, their lives and other people's in danger, and then me go about my journey stress-free, which I did. But then I was almost irritated with myself that it took me longer than I'd like to have come to that decision, yeah, whereas yeah. I should have just done it straight away and gone, do you know what, you're an idiot, I'm going to get out of your way, you go on, do whatever, and then I'm just going to.
1: But it's practice. Remember, you are working on decades now of like, behaviors and traits that yeah. are kind of ingrained in you and that's like you Course. said that, you know, how do you begin to change it it just starts with the awareness and then you, quick yeah quick and then every time you're challenged and, and reflect when you don't just go well that wasn't really worth the stress that i've you know flipped yeah. out on that No, exactly so then you know next time and it, honestly it does ch- it really does change like i think oh, anyway you
0: just got you know you just gotta keep working at it right yeah keep going well Good chat, Harris. Hope you enjoyed that, guys. Um, we'll see you in episode 142, I guess. We will. Any questions, as always, hit us up info at fitterfood.com. Get in touch on social media as well. And uh, we'll see you in the next one. Bye bye. Bye.